0: to Uncommon Women, a podcast that provides a platform for women of all walks of life to share their upbringings, life lessons learned, experiences, and journeys to come. Uncommon Women speaks on topics that can relate to all women. We share, we listen, we laugh, we cry, and we empower each other to be the best Uncommon woman that they can be. Ultimately, we are cultivating a global movement of women supporting women. Women supporting entrepreneurship, relationships, self-love, and so much more. We inspire each other to make an impact on this world for the better. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to Uncommon Women. Now, finally, grab a seat, get comfortable, and hear from your wonderful hosts, Shanira and Jenny Lee. Hello, kings and queens. Thank you for tuning in to Uncommon Women. I'm Shanira. And I'm Jenny Lee. And today we have an amazing guest speaker that's going to uh, come on today and share her amazing testimony uh, by the name of Karina. She's a U.S. Army veteran who's been married for over 17 years. Uh, She's going to actually join us today to show her, um, share her story of how she's battled infertility for over 10 years. And through the grace of God, she was able to be blessed with two miracle babies. Um, but we, before we get into her transition and her story today, uh, Karina, can you share a little bit about yourself and what, what things you like to do on your free time? So thank you guys so much,
1: Janera and Jenny, for having me. It's been a blessing and a privilege. Um, so just a brief history of me. I was born and raised in the Caribbean. Um, and so these days, I, I love to travel. And I love to meet new people. I love food, even though it might not look like it. I love food. Um, and these days, because I am chasing two little babies, I don't get to do as much as I want to do, but I do train in uh, martial arts right now, which has been, um, awesome. I will talk more about in my story. So that that's some stuff that happened caused me to start training martial arts and so That's gone from fear, like I have to
0: do this, to, oh, this is fun. <laughs>
1: So, yeah,
0: that's kind of what I do. So what is your favorite go-to food?
1: I am a smoothie person. Like,
0: I like everything,
1: which is odd, because as a kid, I didn't like any of my foods touching. And so now, as an adult, the army kind of beat that out of you. And so now I'm like, <laughs> just put it on a plate. It's going to the same place, okay? I'm just, and I just jump. want to get something in. So anything that's fresh. I have a bunch of allergies that I've had to work through over the years. So these days, I, I'm classified as a vegan, but I'm not like you're gonna, you know, hate on you if you eat meat or anything. That's not the kind of person I am. I just eat that way because I mm. feel better. I could do certain things at my age and people are like, you're what? I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so just anything that's fresh, any kind of foods, vegetables, I am, I'm there. And then every once in a while I go off on the deep land and have some deep
0: fried cassava, things like that. Mm. So, okay, okay. So now is your household vegan or is it, do you have to typically cook different meals for your husband and your children or is so, that much?
1: No. Um, so my husband went vegetarian two, three years ago, okay. and I was shocked because my husband is a red meat, corn and potatoes kind of guy, and so oh, okay. for all those years it was two meals in the house, and then two years ago, he, two, three years ago, he's like, "You're cooking your last turkey," and I'm like, "What? Okay," <laughs> you know. So I stuffed that last turkey, um, and I haven't had to cook meat ever since. So I'm I'm shocked that he went that way and stayed that way. And then <laughs> um, because of health issues, I went vegetarian at my first, and mm-hmm. then I went completely vegan with my second, and I haven't looked back. Okay. Like, I'm, I went raw vegan to save my life. Mm-hmm. Then I went back to eating all the things, all meat and everything, just because why not? Meat tastes good. Um, but then I got <laughs> sick again, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I got sick again, so I had to go back to what I knew worked, and um, I had to do a lot of cleansing and a lot had to do a lot of things to get me where I am today. And so now Mm -hmm. I'm just like, if you're not there, that's okay. Just love on who you see in the mirror. You know what I mean? It will come if that's where you're supposed to go. You don't have to look like everybody else and do all the things that all the other people do. That's
0: there's only one of you. Right? You know that's
2: right. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: so before we get into, you know, marriage life and being married for 17 years and then now being a mom and juggle, <sighs> juggling life,
1: how yeah. was your life growing up? Uh, my life was, was sweet and sour at the same time. Um, sweet because I grew up on an island. Um, we have great, beautiful weather. Everybody wants to go there and have vacation, Uh Mm. but sour because, um, when I was five years old, my mom left and, um, Mm. after she left, she left me and my brother just like a few days after my fifth birthday and life Mm. just went really bad. I still have memories from when my dad used to beat my mom. And when I talked to them, they're like, you're like two or three years old. How do you remember who told you? And I'm like, nobody told me. I just have these memories mm. that just keep popping up. And so I would ask them and they told me separately that this is what was going on and things like that. So it was sort of bitter because after my mom left, my dad had all, I had all these step monsters and I had one mm. amazing stepmother. That was, she took up for us kids and she believed in us, but my dad got rid of her quickly after that. You know, so Mm. I went from, I just like to say that I was dragged up (laughs) because I went from house to house all over and I have different things and different people who made an impact on my life and Mm. I credit it all to God because in hindsight, I don't know how I'm still alive. I don't know why I feel like I tell people if you live in America, you live in you're living prosperity. Um, mm-hmm. If you have a house that I grew up in, a um, dirt floors, tin roof, and wooden sides, and if you have anything outside of that, you live in a mansion. And it's wow. hard to really understand how to like translate that to people. Like we used to, I I used to get up at four o'clock in the morning to get ready and go to school, but we didn't have a heater. You know what I mean? and so it was just a cold hose that you held up when you took a shower and wow. so just to have hot water is like something that a lot of people take for granted
0: uh-huh. but something yeah. like that
1: i'm grateful every single day you know so it was it was a little bit of bitter and a little bit of sweet at the
0: same time if if i have to look at it that way oh. Thank you. Do you have a relationship with your mother now, or any um connection with your mom? I do. so okay. i I went back and
1: you know tracked her down. I ended up running away at sixteen from my dad. My brother and I end up running away. It's a whole different story. But we end up running away. I was sixteen, found my mom, and then she sent me off again because we were in danger. My dad was gonna kill her and me wow. and my brother. So she shipped wow. us off again um and stuff and then after i graduated high school she took me and brought me to the us
0: mm-hmm. and i was so mm-hmm. mad okay. at her
1: because mm-hmm. like she like you don't know me you left me at 5 and now you want to tell me what to do like, right who are you? you know um mm-hmm. so throughout the years we've we've built a really good relationship i love my mom she texts me all the time um oh. i'm so grateful for her she has prayed for me day in and day out and I've had to go back and apologize to her because I was not the I was not the fun teen. I mean, I had mm-hmm. my reasons, but she had her reasons too. You know, yeah. and I can't judge her from where she like if I look back and I said to her all the time, if I was in your position, I would have been in jail cuz I would have killed my dad. You know what I mean? Because yeah. of the things that she put up with.
0: Right. But
1: she didn't give us up she left because of her own safety. And then I had to have that same conversation with my dad from a different perspective and see where he came from. And you know, you just don't know what people are going through. You just don't know. And once you see them through a different lens and hear their heart and hear their story, then you have to have compassion because they're doing the best they can with what they have. And I tell my kids today, I'm like, Mommy's is doing the best she can with what she has right now. And 20 years from now, you might look back and say, well, mom, you should have could have did, you know, done this right. better.
2: Yeah. And I probably mm-hmm. agree
1: with you, but right now I'm giving it the best that I can. And I'm working as onto the Lord because he's my master. You know what I mean? So I'm going right. to do the yeah. best that I can. And yes, I may have regrets, but right
0: now I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. And and look how far you've came since she's brought you over, you know, to the U.S. Yeah. And you've also been able to build a great relationship with her, even though you were like, who are you? You know, even mm-hmm. though you're not, even though you're my mom, it's like, who, who are you? Do you know me? Do I really know you? You know? Yeah. So that, yeah. That's a blessing in the disguise.
2: It is.
1: It's been amazing <laughs> um, just talking to her and stuff and just hearing her heart and, the, just the things that she went through, I just, mm-hmm. I can't imagine me being the type of woman that I am. I would not have put up with that. Like I would have been, mm-hmm. peace out, dude. You know, <laughs> I'm right. like done. Yeah. You know, but mm-hmm. we're we're each our own
0: people, our own individual person. So, right, right. Mm-hmm. So let's let's get into your individuality. Um, being married for seventeen years. First off, let's go into how did you and your husband meet?
1: So my husband and I met at so I was in the military, and I had this appointment to go. So a little bit after nine one one happened, I was the cussing sailor girl. Everything that you could <laughs> think of that was evil, that was me. And I was just I'm embarrassed to say this, but I'm just going to say it. I went to churches because i knew there was a higher power my dad was a witch doctor i grew mm-hmm. up in that world i knew about it mm-hmm. but it didn't it didn't fill the holes and voids that i had i tried all the things i was dedicated to demons at the whole nine yard mm-hmm. and nothing worked and i knew that but i was like let me try going to church and so i was in asia when i tried going to church Asian people are amazing because they'll just love the pants <laughs> off of you. I came back to America and expected the same thing. Mm-hmm. And my sisters were like, back up. And so I went to <laughs> church. And it was it's, it's horrible. I went to church and I have all brothers. And so I dressed like a boy. You know, the fubu pants down by your butt. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was me. Draggy and then kindly... They kindly escorted me to the back of the church. And I'm like, I ain't coming back. So I went again to a different church, this time to the other. And I looked like a hoochie mama. Everything tight, you know, form-fitting. They kindly escorted me to the back of the church again. And so I made one last-ditch effort to go to a different church. This time I was dressed in a nice suit. And um, my arms were out because I love, mm-hmm. I used to weightlift My arms were out for me in the military. I'm proud of my arms, my feet. Mm-hmm. And they escorted me out again and said, you can't have your arms out. What? And mm. so I left the church oh. and I'm like, you know what, God, if you want me, come find me, because I'm, I'm done be with good. you and I'm, I'm done with your people. Well, soon after that, a lady came to me. We're still friends today. And she says, and she gives me the whole speech and I thought I was in trouble. But long story short, she invited me <laughs> to her church And after she invited me to her church, I became a believer. And from there, she prayed with me that God would have his way. And a few months after that, I was either going to Afghanistan or I was going to Puerto Rico or I was going to New York. And the place in New York that I was going to, I had it it wasn't even on the map. I ended up in New York and through going to New York, I met my husband, upstate New York, really close to Toronto. Right. Way, way up where there are more cows than people. Up, <laughs> it's not up even there.
2: Really right. There. right. Way, way up there. Yeah, way. Yeah. Way, yeah. way yeah. near the mountains. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That part. Um,
2: <laughs> so from going
1: there, I immediately I went the church I got saved in, the pastor was a um a drug lord. And he got saved out of that. So he was really hard on us singles and things like that, making sure you know how to handle your money, making sure you're taking care of your body, making sure you're reading your Bible from cover to cover, making sure you're fasting, all these things he went into. And he and his wife said to me, you are not, you're still a babe. So when you go and look for a church, look for XYZ and ABC. And so I wrote this stuff down and went looking And the church that had all the things that he told me about was the same church I met my husband in. And so the first day, the first day he saw me, he knew I was going to be his wife. And I I said to him, I'm so glad you were a man of wisdom because had you come and tell me that I'd have laughed so hard at you, (laughs) right? He waited patiently. He did tell somebody, but he waited patiently. And so he finally asked me out on a whitewater rafting trip. And um, oh. and after that, I just didn't think it was serious because I didn't grow up with racial discrimination. I don't know anything about that until I came to the U.S. My husband is Caucasian. And so my friends in the South said, you know, if you go and you give up on your people, don't bother mm. talking to us. And I didn't know what wow. that meant until wow. engagement mm-hmm. pictures came around. And I sent all these engagement pictures with somebody from a different pigmentation and my mm-hmm. friends were like peace out we see you but peace oh, out wow. and so I didn't know that you know what I mean yeah. I thought once if I tell you I'm your friend I'm gonna die trying you know yeah, know exactly. I mean? yeah so that's how that kind of happened so I went and um ended up I it kind of threw me for a loop for a while because I'm like well I don't really know who I am and I I'm, I think this is a person that God says to be my husband, you know, and I did all the things like putting out the fleece like Gideon did. And, you know, if it's this one, then send this. Then <laughs> if it's not, you know, I did all these things because I didn't grow up in a church. I didn't I didn't know what it meant or what it felt like to be a girl, to be a lady. To be mm-hmm. a wife material, mm-hmm. I'm still learning a wife material part. Right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Seventeen years in, you wife material. material. I'm still yes, learning. I agree. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: So that's kind of how we met. Um, and he's he's been he's I can like I tell people he's my Boaz because Aww. I Aww. I just I'm so grateful to be married to him. So grateful.
2: That's amazing.
1: Don't let me cry. <laughs>
0: Oh get the tissues we gotta get some tissues virtually <laughs> <laughs> we gotta like drop them down or them, I don't know that. <laughs> that's funny yeah anyways
1: yeah so we've been married um 17 years now 17 plus years now um and it's been amazing he's been if I could go back again I would remarry him again
2: mm.
0: Um, mm,
2: that's so good. Yes. That's so good. So, during your marriage, how did uh, you come about wanting to have, to start a family and want children?
1: My husband, my now husband, <laughs> said to me, I just had a brief conversation with my daughter today because I'm trying to explain to her how God has a plan and a purpose for you long before he, long before you make the decision to accept him as your Lord and savior, he has a plan and a purpose for you. Yes. And I said to her, when daddy met mama, he said, after he asked me to marry him, he says, we're going to have a daughter. And I said, no, we're going to have a son. He says, no, we're going to have a daughter first. And when we have our daughter, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. She's going to learn to do this and do that. And I said, This was long before you were born. And I Mm -hmm. said, Part of those things was we wanted her to learn certain things hands on instead of just learning in the classroom. And I said, Look at it now. I'm homeschooling you. I had no intention of homeschooling (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: you.
1: But I said, Because I'm homeschooling you. Yesterday in lieu of sitting and reading a book, you spent the whole day in a saltwater pool. You know what I mean? Just goofing and playing, but you were learning while you were doing it. And I said, so my husband like had this intention of having a family. We had an intention. We talked about it. I knew I wanted to have a family. I wanted to have like a dozen kids. It's not happening right now, but that's okay. Um, you know kind of thing and so it all started back then he knew what he wanted i i kind of knew what i wanted mm. but not all the details right you know I mean does that make sense
0: mm-hmm. you were kind of like yeah. let's just go with the flow you know yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i understand. like put a ring on it
1: and let's get busy
0: right <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> let's have some fun i get it yeah
1: <laughs> yes, yes. So in um I want to say maybe years after we got married and we we went through the whole um I like to refer to it as like the Jewish uh courtship idea because mm-hmm. he knew we were going to be married he proposed and everything and I wore the engagement ring for like 12 months because our pastors at the time you know Mary and Joseph he uh betrothed mm-hmm. her he was going to marry her, but a whole lot of things happened in between that time. But Mm -hmm. during that time, he got to learn more about her and things like that. And so they had explained, you know, guys are from two different cultures, all these issues that comes, everybody have their own baggage, all these things. So just chill out and just get to know each other without Mm -hmm. jumping in the sack. So we did the courtship, we had accountability partners and everything like that, just to keep us fresh and accountable and everything. Right. Um that idea. And so we knew that. So as soon as we got married, after that season was over, I'm like, all right, I'm I'm ready, let's go. You know, let's have some babies. <laughs> and we started and nothing happened. And then they're like, Oh, it's just cause you're nervous, this this and that and we just kept on trying, 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 and nothing nothing happened. And nice. one year turned into two, turned into three, and next thing you knew, ten years came and we still didn't have any babies. You know, so it was, it was quite a, it was a rough road. It was a rough road to say, um, looking back at it, but yeah.
2: So Uh go ahead, Shannara. I was going to
0: say, so I guess after like, what was your mark when you were like, okay, we are having complications and, and why can't I get pregnant? Was it like after a year? Cause like, you know. Um, after two years, like, after two years, it was like, all right, something, something has to give. Okay. After
1: around, after around six months of trying, and we did, we did the positions, we did, you know, do it at night or do in the morning. We did all mm-hmm. the, you know, play with all the different things. And then after around six months to a year, I knew something wasn't right, but I didn't know what. After two years of seriously going to town, making sure, and nothing, I was like man, something is really off. But my husband, Mm -hmm. he was like, we're fine. God's gonna give us a baby. And I'm looking at him like, what's wrong with you? You know, I thought you wanted to have a family. And he's like, God's gonna give us a baby. And years into it, he stuck with with his story. I got frustrated. I'm like, I think it's you.
0: (laughs) Start blame, the blame game started coming. I did. I
1: did. I started a blame game. Um, Turned out, it was both of us. We went. We went to all these doctors. So I went to doctors in Kentucky, in Washington State, in Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. in New York. I was Um, shopping and doing and going all the places. I was doing all the vitamins. I was tracking your cycle. I was going in the Bible and doing the prayers. I was Mm -hmm. doing all the things. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so it, it just wasn't happening. And I was asking God like, well, what's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? Is there something that I just didn't repent of what's going on? You know what I mean? Um, and so the whole time my husband was like, just relax. God's going to give us a baby. And I went to church and stuff and people would prophesy
0: to me. To the He's part so where I start I like saying, like, huh? <laughs> yeah. I like, "He's so patient. I like him." <laughs> and he was, and he was
2: just believing it. He was just he claiming
1: was. It, and right. it, right? Right. He, he was. was, and I just like, can you just at least get upset with me? Be <laughs> in my heart here, like, oh get upset with me, get mad, like, you know, get mad with me at God about this. You know, people prophesied to me, prophesied to us, "Oh, you're gonna have a boy, or you're gonna have a girl." I'm like, which one is it? Now you guys are lying just Mm -hmm. shut up about it. Just be done. You know what I mean? And he was just like, God's going to give us a baby. God's going to, and I'm like, can you just get upset? And he was like, no, God's Mm going to give us a baby. I'm like, when? I don't know, but God's going to give us a baby. People are asking us now because you get to that point where, well, when are you going to have a baby? When are you going to have a baby? Mm -hmm. To the point where people start looking at you sideways, like, "Mm mm-hmm, They're struggling with infertility. I'm not even going to bother asking Mm -hmm. them, you know? And so you start feeling And then all of your friends start getting knocked up. Baby number one, baby number two, baby number, and you're like, seriously? Mm -hmm. And then for us, another part was, my husband and I, uh, my husband was a youth pastor. And so we had kids that would just come to our house and they start getting knocked up. And I'm like, so, You're going to bless the people that aren't even married and living according to your laws, and you're gonna bless them, but you're not gonna bless me. I waited, Mm -hmm. I did all the things that you told me to do, and I got really upset with
0: God. Mm
1: -hmm. I got Mm -hmm. really, really upset because I couldn't understand why, Mm
0: -hmm. you know what
1: I mean? I couldn't, I got to a part where I was happy for all my friends, then I got bitter with all my friends
0: Mm. Because
1: I couldn't I couldn't see it, I couldn't process it. And then I had to get happy again with all my friends after mm-hmm. I started understand God's timing and the healing process and things that needed to happen.
0: You know what I mean? So it was just oof. a lot of emotions, I'm sure. Definitely a lot of emotions. With him yes. being so positive, and you know, you you being angry, you're like, why are you so why are you so happy? I, I, you know, <laughs> did did it put any strain on your marriage during that process? He wouldn't
1: let it happen. Mm, my husband wouldn't wow. let it happen. That's so good. He, my husband is a guy like this. If he he is stubborn in his own right, like, and I'm gonna say this, and let me let me qualify that, a man needs to be a man, and they don't always need to agree with us. They're the, like, in my house, my husband is the head of the house. Right. And somebody said to me the other day, but doesn't he boss you around? No. I let my voice be heard. And then at the end of the day, he makes a decision. If right. somebody going to get yes. bitch slapped, it's not going to be me. God's going to take care yeah. of him, but he's also going to honor me as the wife. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And so when they say stuff like that, I'm just like, my husband just wouldn't let, he set the tone for our house and he wouldn't budge. And he stood firm on what he believed in, and I'm just like i i don't I don't get it and he said, "This is not mm. the first thing that he's done that with um, mm. so he has a track record with me for doing stuff like this, but i was I was emotionally this is so bad that I mean, when you first met me and my friends noticed this about me when my husband first met me, I was like the prima donna dressed to the hill like. Always locked and loaded, looking for, Uh you know, just everything. And the whole process took a toll on me. I didn't know who I was anymore. I just, Mm -hmm. I didn't look right. I didn't dress the way I felt. I just, I looked, I didn't look appealing. I didn't look the way I felt. I didn't feel, I got lost. I just did. Um, And it's taken years to regain that. And I'm still regaining that because I put all of my identity into having kids, Mm -hmm. and I couldn't separate the two, you know what I mean? I don't know if I'm Mm -hmm. explaining that right, but I just, he wouldn't let me, he wouldn't let it strain on our marriage. He asked me a question one day, which was, isn't it enough that I'm your husband? And I'm like, no, you're supposed to get married and have kids. We got the Mm -hmm. married part down. now let's have kids. And so I even went as far as, I had a friend, she's still my friend today, um, Victoria, and she asked if she could carry our baby. Oh, okay. I'm like, you would be a surrogate? She's like, yeah, I would do that for you guys. I love you guys so much. And I'm like, no. You know what I mean? So, the reason I said no was because she had her own things going on. And so, every mm-hmm. time she got pregnant, she was near death. You know what I mean? She ended up with cancer and some other different things that was going on. And so I said to her, I love you enough that I cannot put my baby in front of your life. Mm
0: -hmm. You know what I mean?
1: We could adopt. And we did try the adoption thing and almost ten adopt failed adoptions later. Still no baby. Yeah. Still no baby. And after the last one, she came to me and she says, I think I could do this until I'm 38. I'm going to be 38 XYZ time. I'm still willing to carry you guys' baby.
2: Oh, she was
0: still willing. She was Uh still
1: willing. That girl loves me. Like, she loves us. And she went ahead and had her own child. And after she had her own child successfully, and she almost died, she still came back and she says, Karina, I will still have you and your husband's baby. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I can't put you through that. I saw all the things you went through to have your own daughter i can't put you through that and feel good about myself you know what i mean and so it was she she was with us for much of the much of the um the journey because she saw she saw the whole thing saw when my um we got twins dropped off at our house and we tried to adopt them and had like six lawyers on the case and that went south and they said oh we're sorry you know, and the the people who ended up getting the kids were was the grandmother for the mom for the dad because the mom went to jail for mm-hmm. abusing the kids, oh, and okay. the, wow. the dad was like, "I have another, I have another baby mama. I don't have time to do with these twins."
0: You know mm, what I mean? Wow.
1: And so mm-hmm. when the the they just called upon us, the maternal uh, grandmother called us, and she was like if you guys will take care of my kid, my grandbabies, I don't want them separated. I don't want them in the system. The only thing that I ask is that they know who I am. And I said, Mm -hmm. mom, they're going to know who you are because um, my pigmentation of my skin, at some point, your babies are snow white. They're going to want to know why they're so light and mom is so dark. I said, Mm -hmm. please come because this is part of their identity that they're going to want to know. They're going to ask. At some point, they're going to want to know right so was important for you to stay in touch come over let you know take them go do this go do really that. Uh-huh. you know and it, it at the end of the day for that it just shook out where we we paid the wrong people to represent us in court and that blew up yeah. on us and the grand the maternal the uh, paternal grandmother ended up getting the kids she had never seen them in her life she didn't have any car seats for them nothing and my husband once again like his side of the family bought all of these things because my husband has a big family and they just loved on us like loved on us so we have two of everything just like loading up the house because we have mm-hmm. the house we right. have the room and um and everything that his side of the family gave us he ended up willingly giving it to her because she didn't have anything for them. And I'm like, no, I was mad. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, you know, if she's going to get them, she at least needs to do something if she loves these babies, you know what I mean? And so that was another avenue before we end up having kids that I was, I was bitter. I was so Mm -hmm. upset. And the sense of humor that God has is, my firstborn is born 4 days before the twins. So every year we still celebrate those yeah. twins' birthday.
0: Aww, and they're 4 years
1: crazy. and 4 days apart. So they mm,
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. Wow. Totally crazy. Yeah. Was that the only Can you speak on that the adoption uh process? Was that the only uh, twins that you tried to adopt, or is the adoption process just a headache? Like, can you speak on to the people that's out there thinking that adoption's easy? Because they're always like, well, you can always adopt. And it's like, what what does that process look like? Especially for a, a married couple, I would think it mm-hmm. would be like straightforward,
1: you know? We thought it would be too. And, and for the woman who's listening to this, thinking that they could adopt I would say, yes, you can adopt, but you need to ask God to, to really armor your heart because the process, it process could be easy. depends on the state that you try. It could mm-hmm. be really easy. We went through New York, Texas, Ohio, Pennsylvania, trying to adopt. Um, mm-hmm. and then we even went overseas wow. to Belize and Costa Rica and Dominican Republic wow. trying to adopt. Um, wow. and so every state, every country is different. And for us, um, the first, I want to say the first six adoptions were you You started the process and then they they looked at, you know, they're all in your business. They want to know how many mm-hmm. times you have sex
0: per week. Mm-hmm. What do you do with it? They're into wow. everything.
1: How much money you make? When do you make? Like, how do you handle this conflict? They, they want to know everything. Mm-hmm. And so um, wow. we went through that process. And then based on that process, they and you have the kids that you think are a good fit, then this is a good fit and then you start talking to the child and things like that Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden things fall out like well we don't think that you're a good fit for this family for this kid so another family came yeah another family come we think they're a better fit um and you have to start the process over the problem Uh is when you start the same process over with the same agency you can carry the money forward for some things but you have all these agency fees that they don't tell you about Mm. that you have to pay that are non-refundable. Wow. And so if you jump agencies, you have to start over again, and you won't get any of that money back. Thankfully for the adoption credit, you can reclaim some of that. Mm-hmm. But um, for us, it was we did this over and over and over. And then one of the last time, my husband, they came back and they're like, well, you need to pay us this much more money. And me being gullible, here you go. Here you go. I'm like the atm here you go mm-hmm. and my husband finally put his foot down and he's like no more like god is going to give us a baby you need to just relax and trust the process that god is going to give us a baby
2: and mm. i'm like that's easy
1: for you to say you know and so it ends up turning out that we I, I think what five of those babies we didn't get anything for we left that agency just bitter and everything Right. And then this is when the twins came in, just, that was a whole storm, right? Um, mm-hmm. When the twins came in from a completely different agency and we started that whole process because we're like, I've always wanted boy, girl. We had twins, boy, girl. I'm like, this is an answer to prayer, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I rearranged my life, did everything for these kids. And then that fell through in like August. And then while that was going on, we had also had... Another child that we were going to adopt that came through at the same time we had the twins, so we we're going to have three babies at the same time. And okay. I'm like,
0: Yay! You know, <laughs> and so in
1: August, we lost the twins, and then in uh, September, we lost the last baby, wow, which was, that, who was supposed that, to come wow. home two weeks later. Mm. And they came and said, We needed more money, we didn't pay any more money, mm. and what? that child was a rape baby. Um, I'm not saying it properly, but his mom got raped and so he came into existence and mom didn't take care of him. He was two and
2: he mm-hmm. didn't do
1: anything. He, did, he had no psychological, no nothing, right. nothing. But he didn't have the human touch that a normal child is supposed to have. Right. So he wasn't developing like he's supposed to. Okay.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: And so two weeks after, like a month and two weeks after we lost the twins, we lost that baby and my husband is like i'm done I'm mm. like i get you i should have listened you know <laughs> thousands of dollars later i stand corrected i should have listened mm. um and we we ended up with no babies no babies with that process and then we went to different foreign countries some of them like for Dominican Republic you need to live there for at least 6 months to, before you could even start the process Belize, you need to live there for at least two years before you can start um, the process. <sighs> <Wow. laughs> it was
0: it was a lot. It was a lot. It sounds like it. Wow. It was but you look great right. today. You don't even look like everything that, you know, because I'm sure the process was very overwhelming. It was. It was. <laughs> and
1: in in hindsight, I don't know why I made some some of the decisions I made. I just I just really wanted a baby. I really, from as long as I could remember, I always wanted to be married and be a mom, always. Mm-hmm. And I had the married part down. I just didn't know how I was going to be a mom. And I had, um, I worked at a university for a long time. And so a lot of those kids were my kids, so uh, quote unquote, because even to this day they would still call me now they're having kids so I feel like a grandma because I helped groom them and they would say hey I'm I'm marrying this girl what do you think here's the ring you know and so it it still wasn't enough it still didn't fill that hole of Mm -hmm. me of somebody saying mom and now I can't get him to stop
0: no more quiet time in the
2: bathrooms (laughs) right (laughs) yeah so after that whole transition with the adoption not coming through and you know all the complications and everything so where did the process start uh did you guys decide to all right well we're gonna start uh trying to get pregnant again or or did it just just happen
1: so in the whole time that was happening my husband and i are major advocates for getting kids out of the sex trade and so in that whole time that that was happening we were doing mission trips helping kids wherever we can doing certain things to help underprivileged kids and he had some stuff going on at his work i had stuff going on at my work long story short he got transferred to texas okay and so when he got transferred to Texas, I was like, this is a fresh start. My husband, I did I couldn't get my husband to move from New York to any other country and any other state because <laughs> that's where his whole family is from. Right. And it's not like New York City, it's just New York upstate where it's gorgeous, it's beautiful, but it snows like seven months out of the year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and so in that process we packed our house sold in like two weeks two uh, in like oh, two in like a month our house sweet. sold and after that we came to texas and i didn't know it at the time but on the way down to texas i got pregnant oh so we wow. drove because it's 24 hours drive and my husband is like we're gonna take our time and we're gonna spread this over a couple of days right. And so I didn't know because I didn't know what that felt like at the time. I had missed cycles, restart. So if I missed a cycle, it wasn't a big deal. Right, right. Nothing was weird. Um, And then I started my own business. And so I was working from home, but I was getting tired. And so I ended up, you know, I would take naps and stuff, but it was just weird because I didn't gain any weight. I didn't. There was nothing off. There's nothing wrong except that I was like, let me go You're take a pregnancy tired. test just in case. Because I was, yeah, I was, I just went and bought these tests because I'm like, what happened if? You know, just what mm. happened if? And so I would do these pregnancy tests from time to time. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And I'm like, you know, let's just go take a pregnancy test just in case. Something. And this would be my change of luck. Something will happen. And I did, and I couldn't believe it. says pregnant. And I'm oh like, no, goodness. this pregnancy
0: test does not work. It's the fuck. I'm going to go buy some new ones. <laughs> she probably is like, tests. pregnancy test. We'll go ahead.
1: <laughs> yes. So I threw that out and I, um, I went ahead and got new ones and it was the same thing and I couldn't believe my eyes. And it took me like two weeks to tell my husband because I'm like, wow, we're pregnant.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you went two weeks. I know. <laughs> like, I'm like, how do you keep that to yourself for two weeks just looking at him like and like
1: I know, but I didn't want I didn't want it to be a false hope.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I didn't want the Yeah.
1: He he's like God's gonna give us a baby. He didn't have the details, but he stood firm on God's gonna give us a baby. And I'm like, you. I knew how much it wrecked my faith, and I I started believing just curse God and die, just be done with this, you uh-huh. know. And I didn't want I didn't want that to be something that was an obstacle for him.
0: Mm-hmm. So I waited. Okay. I
1: wanted to protect him. I wanted to protect his heart, and I didn't want I I I was not the the nice wife when it to some of this stuff because I'm like, like this test. I did surgeries trying to make sure that I could have a baby.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One of the surgeries that I did, it was supposed to be 97%. You get pregnant six months after. Two years later, I was still not pregnant,
0: Wow.
1: you know? So I did all these things. I, I convinced my husband to spend all this money on me um, and, and agree with me to do certain things. So I felt it my, my duty
0: to protect him. Mm-hmm. And so I waited because I didn't want to mm-hmm. be wrong. You know, That's
2: yeah. awesome.
0: So I want to know what his reaction was when you finally told him, or like how how did that day? Did you do it romantically? Like you know, set a little dinner? Or you just you didn't? <laughs> no, no.
1: My husband was a volunteer firefighter and a paramedic when we lived in New York, Okay. and he had a stethoscope that he had, and so I bought these baby booties. And I put the stethoscope around the booties with the pregnancy test. And so when he came home, he saw that. And um, he was like, what's this? And so I did two pregnancy tests. I had one on the bed and then mm-hmm. I had one on the bathroom. So when he came, I wanted him to see one or the other. And so right. when he came, he went to the bathroom first and he's like, what's this? So when he came into the bedroom, it was the same thing, except it was a stethoscope. And, and the babies. baby booty. Mm. So he was—he just—he just took it in. He didn't. It, there was no wild, crazy reaction. No I oh, wow. wow. I think not for—not for a little bit, where it really sunk in. Like, God's gonna give us a baby. Holy crap! I'm
0: gonna be a dad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know. So it, it took a little bit of time to sink in. I think for him. Um. Because there wasn't any of this. All of a sudden, I felt like I had to start nesting and the whole process and everything. Like, you instinctively know you need to do this, 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 and this. And you need to go here. You just know certain things. And um, and my husband, he kind of just kicked into gear as well. But I don't really think it kicked in until he put the stethoscope on my tummy and he heard the heartbeat of the baby.
0: Mm. And I think that's
1: when it started kind of kicking in Aww. for him and he started doing moment. certain things. Yeah. It was just, it was just amazing um, to watch. And that Aww. happened twice over because I, I had prayed, he said he wanted a little girl. Well, we found out the gender for the baby. It was a little girl. And I was like, no, when we have that baby, he's going to be a
0: boy. And I know he, says, he was right. <laughs> he was right.
1: And this was his, this was his thing. He says, next time you put your request in before we go to bed. I'm like,
0: what? <laughs> I know that's right. We oh went goodness. to bed and I prayed
1: and I'm like, God, I want another baby, um, but I want a boy. And I said, But I don't want to wait 10 years, you know? Oh,
0: and so, goodness.
1: and nothing happened the first couple of years. And then my daughter started asking and I'm like, I can't give you any more babies. It took us 10 years to have you. Go ask God. So right. I can't give you a baby. She went
0: and prayed. Now we have a son. Wow! There you go. Oh, Ooh, that just gave me chills.
2: That's
0: so amazing. amazing. That's so amazing. So,
2: yeah. go ahead, Jenny. Uh, I was gonna say, how were your both your pregnancies? Were they healthy? Did you have any complications?
1: All mm. of my complications were emotional blockages. Emotional. Um, wow. My first <laughs> pregnancy. So I forgot to tell you this, but I had all. I used to travel for business and stuff a lot, and I met a lot of people and one of the girls I met she told me I need to talk to this other girl to help me get pregnant except I never met this girl this girl was in Canada and so Mm -hmm. I ended up calling this girl and this girl said to me don't tell me anything about yourself I'm gonna pray and ask Holy Spirit what to do and talk to you and then I call you back later click and I'm like what did I just get myself into? She <laughs> calls
0: back, and we
1: talk and stuff, and she tells me all these things that I just had written down in my journal. And She's like, holy wow. spirit, i to tell you this, 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 wow. and this, and you need to take this, 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 and this. And when you get pregnant, this, 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 and this. And I'm like, all right, I'm not even pregnant yet, so okay, whatever. But well, when I did <laughs> get pregnant, I called this girl back, and she's like, okay, six months to the date after she told me I was going to get pregnant, I got pregnant. Wow. So I called her back Praise and I'm like, God.
2: Um,
1: you said I was going to get pregnant and I'm pregnant. So what do I do? And she's like, go in the Bible and find your promises. I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? You know? Wow. Wow. And, so, and so I was like, I went to the doctor. I was a mom. I was the first time mom that I had all my makeup, all my mascara. I had all the cute outfits, all the stilettos, everything. The cute mama. And I would go to the, to the doctor, and then I had a midwife, but she was a medical midwife. And when I got done talking to her and her staff, I would come out, I have mascara down my face and everything from all the things. Mm-hmm. They're like, You're over 35, you're an old mom, your baby's gonna have this disease and that disease. Oh, and, and by the way, you can abort your baby because you're over 35 and you're authorized to do that. And what? I was like,
0: oh, What do oh I my do? Goodness. Right. And
1: so during that same time, this girl that I still haven't met to this day, she would call me. She called me the first time after, and I told her, and I'm on the phone, and I'm like, <laughs> and telling her all the things. And she's like, go in the Bible and find your promises. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know what promises I have. Like, get married and have babies, be fruitful and multiply. That's all I right. knew. And so she's like, when is your next appointment? I told her, she's like, okay, good. I'm gonna pray and ask God for wisdom for you. And so every time, cause I didn't know this girl, I still don't know this lady. And mm-hmm. so I didn't call her back because I'm like, she's telling me, go in the Bible and find your promises. I don't know what promises I'm looking for. I don't know where to start. And so I didn't call her back. She called me. So every time I went to the doctor and came back, I was crying and I calling my husband and stuff. And she would call me and says, have faith. Look up this scripture. Look up that mm-hmm. scripture. And I was wow. like, I so it. that got me through my first pregnancy. Well, the second, the, the, everything else was a breeze. Everything like everything else was a breeze and then i had my second i got pregnant with my second baby and we moved to dallas okay
0: and of course
1: i am over 35 again Mm -hmm. and i hired a midwifery staff that have five star ratings and i went through all of the midwives except one of them says you know your baby's gonna your son is gonna be mentally retarded because you're over 35 and this and this and this and this and I says well um, are you seeing something on the scan that I don't know about?" And she's like, "No, we just know based on medical history and blah 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 blah, that you're going to be, you know, deformed." And then, of course, I was vegan, still is, and I've been eating gluten-free since 2005, and she's like, "And your diet is all messed up. Your 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 son is going to be MR." And so, I kind of listened to yeah. her. Because I'm like, they have a checklist they have to go through. I'm going to respect you to do your job. Okay, good. But then every time I went and every time I saw that particular practitioner, she gave me the same story and she kept on saying, you need to abort this child. And I'm like, I'm not going to abort this child. Even if this kid comes out with one eye, I'm going to keep it. Right. You know what I mean? And she's like, you are stupid. And I'm (gasps) like... What? Okay.
2: So disrespectful. All
1: I don't know. Right? I, I, I get you. I understand. That's, that's where you are. And you know what? If you don't know what you have, I can't blame you. You don't know who God is. You don't know what real freedom right. is. I can't blame you. Yeah. I get you. But I'm going to keep my choice as well. And so one of the day I went in and she's like, when are you going to see another doctor? Because the scan that you did with this doctor, we don't really recognize. And you need to this, this, this. And I said, you know what, today's the last day. You're officially fired. I'm six months pregnant. I went outside Mm -hmm. my car and I bawled my eyes out because I'm six months pregnant. I had a surgery in the process to have babies that damaged part of my uterus. So I could bleed out in like 20 minutes flat if I don't have proper care. And here I am and I walked out on my midwife staff and I don't know if another doctor is gonna take me, if they're capable of caring for me, nothing. And I went outside and I prayed. I called a bunch of doctors around a certain radius and they're like, no, we can't care for you. No, we can't care for you. No, we can't care for you. And I finally found a Jewish doctor who says, yes, my, my son has been vegan since birth, since before birth. He's 12 years old. He's fine. I totally understand. I just need to see the supplements that you're taking, blah, 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 blah. And he delivered my baby. And I am so Mm -hmm. grateful.
0: So, so grateful. So all
1: of my, complications were you know were emotional and i feel like spiritual because doctors wanted me abort both of my babies so they crazy. wanted me to do certain things like take certain vaccines that i was like this is no you know that goes against my religious preference and things like mm-hmm. that and i'm like the, the, if you're if you're like that then fine you know you live by your convictions but these are my convictions please respect them right you know what i mean And so it was nothing physical. Everything was good. It was so good. Breastfeeding was amazing. Um, Everything was perfect. I couldn't ask for anything better. And then after I nursed my babies, I gained 15 pounds at my first baby, dropped the weight after, 20 pounds at my second baby, dropped the weight after. And except when I had my son, one of my nursing staff said to me, um we're gonna have to do some different things your baby's gonna die because he has this this and this and this and i said what are you looking at and she's like well you're normally a boy is supposed to be seven to ten pounds your baby is like six pounds he's a small boy i'm like yeah but i'm a small girl
0: right
1: and so i ended up having her relieved because i'm like you know, there comes a point where you have to put your foot down and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not going to mm-hmm. deal with this a second time. Just not oh, going to. Yeah. So, yeah. But everything apart from that was picture perfect. Just That's picture awesome. perfect. That's amazing.
0: God, God really did. carried yeah. you. He carried you through the whole, both of the pregnancies. Yeah. Yeah. How, so has, how has your faith changed since, you know, not, not only having one, but two children?
1: I've I feel like I am, I consider myself right now a babe in Christ, because all the things that I thought I knew, they tested me and I crumbled.
0: Um, But
1: at the same time, I do know God to be faithful. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I do know like what Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, where I know the plans I have for you. Yeah. And so yes. for me looking at that, especially with all the things that are going on today, I'm just like, oh my gosh, if I didn't believe that there was a God then, I believe there is a God now because all the things that he has said to me when I went into scripture, find his word, brought his word back to him. His timing is not my timing. You know what I mean? And he somehow takes all that mess and mm-hmm. all my poor attitude and make it into something beautiful. <laughs> and I'm just mm-hmm. like, God, God, forgive me. You know what I mean? So long and short is I consider myself still a babe. I'm still learning, but I'm grateful that I have my faith because I think that's part of what helped me to become the person I am today. And mm-hmm. also now to share that with other moms who are going through infertility. like they just radiate, they have some kind of something above their head and I, I just know, and it's something hard for them and they don't know. And not all of my mom and friends end up having babies. Like I have one that's due in 12 days. She struggled with two years to have babies. And I was instantly able to say, go and look these up, this up, this up, and lay down and lay off your husband and stop beating him out emotionally. Mm-hmm. You know, just <laughs> let the man be himself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All the things that I failed at doing. But thank God my husband was like, <laughs> he took his foot, God's gonna give us a baby god's gonna give us what god's gonna
2: give us a baby you know his faith his faith faith yeah his faith his faith is like he knew he just knew knew.
0: he was like girl god's gonna give us a baby (laughs) yeah
2: yeah so awesome that is that was so amazing
0: Yeah. thank you
1: guys but it's It's been it's been amazing i'm grateful now i get to with change of circumstances and things like that, we end up taking our oldest out of school. And so now I homeschool, which is opening up a whole other realm of stuff. And you know, what? it's been, it's been hard, like hard because the uh, society says one thing and then to raise mm-hmm. up a child in the way they should go, you know what I mean? Yeah. And working mm-hmm. on top of that and being a wife on top of that and being a housewife on top of that. It's like, you know, you have to prioritize. At the end of the day, I always tell uh wives, I'm like, God is your first priority, and then your husband. You need to take care of this relationship before you take care of that relationship else mm-hmm. this relationship is not going yep. to work. You know what I mean? Yep. And so, it's something that I have to work on myself because otherwise I'll turn into a beast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in short order. So it's it's constantly working on that, working on yourself. You can't fix mm-hmm. other people. You can't change them. You just got to work on you.
0: Right. And during the process, give yourself some grace. You know. Yes. yes. Parenting doesn't come with a manual. You know, this is a no, first. No, not. Year. And you know the way that you were raised and brought up, and you know your life was different versus yeah, what exactly. you're what you're doing now, and, and you know breaking the chains and molding your children to have you know a better life with you and your husband. So give yourself some grace, you know. Thank you. Yeah, I receive that. Mother <laughs> yes. motherhood is not easy, but no, it's not. And mm-hmm. that's that's the great thing about it. We do the best, and we both learn. And the process, mm-hmm. you know, yes, being a parent in with the child, you learn as you go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And with that being said, what advice can you provide to women who are struggling with um, infertility issues, and something that can go with them so that they can, you know, have some type of courage to not give up? Um. So
1: I would say, develop a culture of edification. Um, in their household, meaning edify their husband, right? Mm -hmm. But edify themselves because in this process, I literally took Karina and I brought her to the corner and I just beat the tar out of her because she wasn't able to provide and produce a child. When society says you're supposed to pop out 10 babies right now, get on it. You know what I mean? Um, I just, Mm -hmm. I lost me. I lost who I was, what I wanted, who I wanted to be. And I took that out on some people, mainly and my husband. So develop a culture of edification in your household. Like it's not your husband's fault. Even if he cannot produce sperms or whatever that cost might be, um, it's still not his fault. You know what I mean? God knew you were going to go through this before you even got to this junction.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? So develop yeah. a culture of edification And Go and find your promises and your promises don't just um, stop with having babies You know, you're a daughter of the most high first before you're a mom before your wife before you're anything else You know what I mean? But on top of all the, the the medical stuff go get yourself checked out You know take your vitamins make sure all this and that is done I would say find your promises in the word find your promises clear up your spiritual and emotional blockages and bondages That we get passed down to us from generations ago with, you know, abortion and and all of these other things that a lot of us have inherited, but we don't know or we don't think it affects us. You know what I mean? And develop a culture of edification in your marriage that will go with you and God, will go with you and your spouse, and it will also go with you and your kids. Because once you have that, when the kids come, they're going to need that to thrive on. So that would be mm-hmm. one of my biggest thing.
2: Mm, I love that. that And thank you. and like you were like you were speaking, um, you know, being a mom, and you know, once we get married, we want we are sole desires to be mothers. And it's hard, you know, even raising them, even getting pregnant, you know, and and God is so good when He blesses us with our children, mm-hmm. however they come. Because sometimes they aren't even planned half the time. So I know yes. mine's were in, but you know, being a mom is the most greatest and the most blessing thing
1: that yes. God could have given us. Yes, yes, I totally agree, and I'm learning, and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. And if you're around me, it's it's annoying a little bit because. Most people who have kids that are able to have kids are just grateful that they're a mom and that's it.
0: Mm-hmm. And me mm-hmm. every day
1: I get up, I'm like, I'm a mom.
0: I was <laughs> just
1: annoying in that way, I would say, for some people, because they're like, You've been a mom. I'm like, no, it doesn't matter that I've been a mom. You don't know the challenge. The you struggle. Know the right.
0: struggle. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. And to get up just like
1: Exactly. and so I'm just I just be grateful and you know just I don't know I'm really grateful I'm I'm so grateful to be a
0: mom so grateful all right now I'm gonna cry <laughs> don't cry <No>. tissue <laughs>
1: <laughs> tissue um, and God just continues <laughs> to use it to, to build me up and you know it's it's amazing It's amazing. I didn't think that I would be on the flip side of this to be able to share with people and just encourage them and just say, even if God doesn't give you a baby, will you still love him? Will you still choose to be you? Will you still walk out your calling? And your baby might not be a biological child. It might be an adopted child. It might be a surrogate baby. It might be somebody who calls you mom, but you, you have no other attachments to them. You know what I mean? And I'm grateful that I have walk I've walked a lot of those roads and I know the heartache that it comes with all of those. You know what I mean? But at the same time, there are a lot of rewards that comes with all of those to be able to say, hey, Mrs. B, here's my baby. You know what I mean? And here's my husband or here's my wife. That that gives you a sense of accomplishment because you're helping another person become better in their own life. Or asking them the question, asking that tough question is, well, one of the tough questions like, well, what do you want with my girl? You know, what do you want with my boy? How is right. you, how, how are you um, going to be his wife? What do you bring to the table? You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. it's, it's more a sense of living, living at a higher altitude than most people. And learning to get past selfishness is the best way I could say it. Learning to get past selfishness is the best way. Yeah. And it's a process, it's a, it's a process.
0: That's good. So now with you being a mom, you've already been a wife for some time now and, and juggling a lot. Can you share what you do outside of being a mom, your business and how you're actually helping others?
1: Yeah. So I started a business when my oldest, before my oldest came around, and then I dropped off because I couldn't figure out how to balance both. And then I had some great opportunities that dropped off because I, I, I didn't know, like when I mentioned earlier, that whole process, I lost myself. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we've been steady on is helping to get kids out of the sex trade and things like that. And so one of my clients from a long time ago, she, um, asked me to, so I've been doing bookkeeping. And so she asked me to do her taxes. And then another one of my clients, he asked me to do his taxes. And I'm like, no, uh, uh, mm -mm. I'll find you somebody. Um, and so long story short that comes around with everything and how everything is going, we, I try and teach my kids, like the life that you live right now is very privileged. So we need to give as much as we possibly can. It doesn't right. matter that you don't have the latest toys and you need to give, learn how to give. If you can't give a dollar out of 10, you're not going to give a million dollars out of 10 million. It's just not going to happen. Right? So just mm-hmm. learn to give. So I've been sharing some of that with her and she says to me, well, why are we only doing X, Y, Z amount of boxes for kids? Why don't we do this much more? And I says, well, mom can only afford this right now. And she says to me, well, don't you say God will provide? So why aren't you letting him provide? Hello. And so that kind of humbled me God had already sent me the clients and I said, no. And uh, I had to go back and humble myself and said, I said, no, I'll do, I'll, I'll do it. Just give me a little bit of time. So now I've been able to incorporate tax preparation into my bookkeeping. So now I'm doing bookkeeping and taxes to help out coaches and consultants.
0: Um, See, yeah. So nice. it's
1: it's a whole process,
0: <laughs> but you doing it though. This is where the grace comes into place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm doing
1: it. It I'm like with my clients, and I'm like, you know, I homeschool, so you might not get a response right away but I Mm -hmm. do my best and I tell my clients when I work for you, I don't work for you. I work as unto the Lord. So Mm -hmm. it behooves me to do a good job with your books because if I don't, I'm going to get slapped by the IRS and then slapped by my God in heaven. So Mm -hmm. I need to do good. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's been, it's been a juggle is I'm very strict with my time because I only have a little bit of it and the kids are growing fast. Um, Um, but the business has been a pleasure as well and an honored to do because I get to help people. Like for some reason, seeing where people are losing money, some people just don't get it. And I, it's right there, uh, right there. And they're like, huh? <laughs> what are you talking about? You're the specialist. So, <laughs> well, I, I originally didn't think much of it. I thought everybody knew this kind of thing. I just, I just thought it was normal for everybody Mm -hmm. and I'm realizing that's not the case. So I am (laughs) learning to humble myself and get with it. So yes, it's been a challenge, but it's been, it's been good because I've been able to homeschool the kids and do Mm. certain things with them while being able to help get kids out of the sex trade and help be the orphans and things like that with my business. So, and it also helps me to get to where I'm not talking toddler or baby all day long either. I could- Yeah. Start, you know, some- yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're still having some adult interaction. Right. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> right there. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: so it's good. been a blessing. So, Get it. So are you accepting <laughs> clients? Where can we find your information in case someone is interested in looking for um, some accounting business for their their business?
1: So, I have a website, karina my first last name, and they could find me there, but they could also find me for day to day things on Instagram at karina burgess and also on my Facebook page, facebook.com, karina burgessbiz.com, karina burgessbiz. So, I do share as much as I can. I am not like I'm not an out there person where I put all of my business out there, but I'm getting to be more open as I learn about me. Mm -hmm. So it's all there. It's all there. um, (laughs) Kind of thing. But they could connect with me there and learn more about what I do as a tax and accounting pro. So, yeah. Awesome.
0: Awesome.
2: That's great. Thank you so much, Karina, for speaking on your amazing testimony. And I, I hope we had some women um, listened in and able to relate and then just keep their hope, you know, because there's always victory in the end of everything. And yes. thank you again for sharing your story. And we have one question we ask all our um, guest speaker. What makes you uncommon?
1: <laughs> I don't give up. <laughs> I don't give up. Okay. <laughs> Um, I think that makes me uncommon. I don't know when to quit as the little bunny was saying in Zootopia, some people just don't know when to quit. I just don't know when to quit. All right, if there is, I'm, I feel like I'm like water. If there, as long as I'm alive, there's a way. I just have to re-strategize to find the way. Mm. So I don't mm. quit. I might be slower than most and that's okay, but I just don't know when to quit.
2: Mm. That's amazing. That's so great. I mean, no one, no one should ever give up, no matter how hard it gets at all. Thank you
1: so much. <laughs> thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, thank oh, it's,
2: you. So much. It was an honor. Thank you. Let me see if we have any
0: questions. Just some comments. Um, people loving your story. Thank you so much for that. You can tell she has children because she gave the example from Zootopia. <laughs> <laughs> you're such a mom look at you You didn't even notice it i noticed it. <laughs> but um no we don't have any any questions thank you so much go ahead jenny
2: <laughs> thank you um karina again And thank you for our audience for tuning in this evening um make sure you check out our self-love apparel at www.uncommonwomen.net oh make sure you check out our youtube channel at Uncommon Women Podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe. Also, for the month of August, uh, I will be speak, uh, I will have someone coming on and speaking on uh, breast uh, breastfeeding on uh, bringing awareness to that. She is an advocate. Um, she's going to speak on her story, her experience and she's such an amazing um, woman. Uh, make sure you come out and check us out on Instagram Live at uh August 8th at 7 p.m. Central on Instagram Live. And I'm still looking for uh, awarenesses for the month of October and November. Um, make sure you contact me or if you want to connect with me at uncommon women, Uncommon3women at gmail.com. Again, I'm going to repeat that. Uncommon, uncommon3women at gmail.com. Apologize about that. And once again, make sure you check us out next Thursday we also have another testimony and a great guest speaker uh, next Thursday at 8 p.m. And everyone, stay uncommon. Bye. Bye.